are you are you a person you know that that like the thing on tiktok where people are like if you could run one science experiment regardless of morals or ethics what would you do oh. are you the guy that drops a baby on a desert island and sees how he adapts no 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 i'm i'm more of the uh demented mr beast style <laughs> Squid I game. got 100 people to kill all of the <laughs> whales in North Alaska. Whoever kills the most whales is going to win all of this money. That's your science experiment. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Wiener Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Eric. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the We Know Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. I'm here with my co-host, Oscar. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed our last week, the World Cup one. I gave it a listen through. I thought it was really good. I liked, I liked the style of it. Um, we have a kind of a similar style today. We're going to have a topic to go through. Uh, we spent the last, well, let's be real. We spent the last... <laughs> Two hours together and it's, it's i probably spent like i probably spent the last an hour before that uh we went through all well most, most of most. <laughs> most of the clubs in the premier league and uh kind of gave you an idea of who who should you support based on our research and we'll give you a little history some of the best players to ever play there and then our reasons as to why you should support them uh to be clear we did 15 of the 20 teams um <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna lie here. We got to we the have bottom. A, we of have, the yeah, we have a 14 page document here. We got and to the bottom of the table. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I looked at Bournemouth and I thought to myself, do I really care? So here's the thing, right? We said, which team should you support? So let me just list the five that we instantly said you should not <laughs> one, Bournemouth, two, Villa, three, Southampton. Four wolves, five Nottingham Forest. Those are our no-go list. As in, we don't think they're even relevant enough to research to give you a reason to support them because there is no reason to support them. Uh, I like to give a shout out though. I think the only one who's been really done dirty in this list is Villa. Villa's got a lot of history. I welcome anyone who might be interested to go and look at it. But to be fair, they're in a really bad patch right now, so that's why we don't recommend them. However, we do have the other fifteen here written down we have them about split half and half so oscar has a wheel that he's going to spin and we're going to give you uh, our breakdown on that team based on the wheel sound good oscar yeah no it hey. does i don't know why okay I good like yeah no sounds good <laughs> Let's do it. yeah yeah sure um okay just give that wheel a spin and let's let's see which team comes up first all right, first up, also, for reference, uh, the teams are off their current position in the Premier League. We have yeah. the team in seventh, which is Fulham. So well, that's you, baby. I will go for it. So, Fulham, surprisingly interesting. I, I would have expected less from this club, I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie, but I did find a good amount of information. So, they were founded in 1879 by a clergy in Kensington. Oh my God. They were originally associated directly with a church and the church that they were associated with still stands today. I think it's about 150 from the stadium in itself. It's so Kind of cool. 
they're no longer really uh, tied religiously to this church, but I mean, hey, a little bit of club history, whatever. The college, uh, baby. They lost. So originally, they used to play at what would become Stanford Bridge, which obviously back then, uh, essentially the ascension of football, uh, was a field, right? Yeah, they yeah. lost the ground to Chelsea and then moved to what would then become today Craven Cottage. Mm-hmm. Unsurprisingly, this led them to have a relatively large rivalry with Chelsea. Yeah. So, more history about Fulham. Internationally, Fulham actually are far better than I expected. In the 2010-11 season, they made it to the Europa League uh, finals, only uh-huh. to lose to Atletico Madrid 2-1. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, swear down. Swear down. How did they They've go actually... from Europa League final to just absolute relegation fodder? Yeah, right. They also made it to the Europa League like a decent amount of times. Admittedly, yeah. they're a bit of an elevator yo-yo team. I'm not going to lie. In terms but, of Premier League, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, like, think about how many times in the time frame alone that you and I have been watching football. They've gone up and down and up and down again. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they they actually, they're not bad in European football. I'm looking at it right now. They've played a total of 39 games in the Europa League. Which, Dang. for a team that I think you and I both think of as a championship team. Oh, 100%. Right? Could be worse. That is very good, to be honest. So, and they're managed by X Adverton. They are talking about managers. Yeah. There's one very famous clip of Roy Hodgson uh, where he's trying to ignite the fire in his players, right? And nowadays, we see when people are trying to do this, we see like Mikel Arteb bust out a light bulb and draw a little diagram of a brain and a heart shaking hands. Uh, the clipping question of Roy Hutchinson telling his players that they need to die for three points, which I'm sure everyone has seen at some point. Is that it's actually Sunderland? Taken... No, it was when he was at Fulham. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So Fulham only became somewhat good, including their Europa League stints versus Atletico Madrid and all that, uh, semi-recently when they were bought out by a Pakistani uh, billionaire called Sahid Khan, who, interestingly enough... Is that enough, not the mayor of London? Uh, no, same name. No, same name. Maybe same name. I'm looking it up. Uh, yeah, go, go do that. Um, yeah. So Zahid Khan buys out Fulham. Sadiq is the name Sadiq. of the mayor of London. Okay. Uh, close enough. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he also owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, the NFL team, which there are, yeah, after looking at it, there are four Premier League owners who own NFL teams as well. Is it? Let me see if I can get it. Cronky, right? This guy, yes. Um, Glazers, uh, yeah, Palace and the Glazers. Who's the Palace? Who do the Palace owners own? Uh, they own, I believe, oh, it's not the Rams. They own, I can look it um, up. You can just move on, and I'll, I'll find it. Yeah, they own, they own someone, they own someone, but that's about it for the history of Fulham. I'm not gonna. Other than that, it wasn't too notable, unlike their players. So, <laughs> I have three players to highlight for you from Fulham. First and foremost, my dog, Clint Dempsey. He had a five-year tenure at the club, played 189 games, and scored 50 goals. Not bad. Yeah. Not, not, not great, but, you know, it could be worse. could be yeah. worse. Uh. Probably his most famous moment at Fulham, tragically enough, he was playing against City 
And Mika Richards, uh, the pundit, was quoted as saying, Dempsey said to me that when he was a, uh, I tackled him when he was at Fulham, he pushed me and I said, don't push me. To which he replied, quote, you don't know where I'm from, dog. Which, you don't know where I'm from, dog. Not great if that's the thing you're probably most remembered for during your tenure at a club. But you know oh well. where he's from? Uh, he is, I looked it up earlier. And he's from some bummy ass town in Texas. He, it's not, it's not, yeah, he was born in. Good luck saying that Dolches. one. Yeah, Nacog Dodges, Texas, which is in the middle of absolutely nowhere. It's, yeah, it's like, actually... if you take a triangle between the border of Alabama, Dallas, and Houston, it's about in the middle of that. It's the Bermuda Triangle of where he's from, dog. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not great. But I mean, I, I guess I did, in fact, not know dog. <laughs> uh, two other players for you, one of which I am willing to bet you won't be able to guess. Uh, Dimitar Berbatov also used to play for Fulham before he went to Man U. Two seasons, Baller. 51 appearances, 19 goals. Uh, again, most notable moment while he was there when he played against Hampton, he took off his shirt to so typically when people take off the shirt it's like a thank you mom or like shout out to a person who died recently or things like that uh he takes off his shirt to reveal painted on his undershirt keep calm and pass me the ball so hard <laughs> right Little that was when the keep calm and carry on thing was going on too right yeah no definitely it was like in the middle of that so i mean hey good for him keep i guess pass me the ball. he did capitalize thing. 19 times so fair play i'm not gonna doubt it too much yeah. and finally the last player who played for fulham well, this one this one is a little uh george best who huh? yeah right in my mind was always a man you uh in his stints Sorry, in between his two stints at the Los Angeles Aztecs, he went to yep. Fulham for a season. He played okay. one season. He had 42 games and scored eight goals. From the way it seems, yeah, but it kind of seemed like it was a washed-up retirement club type thing because he also yeah, played yeah. for like nine different clubs in the MLS after this. He did. I remember that. A few reasons as to why you should consider Fulham as your team. I feel like if you had to... If you had to associate objects to football clubs, Fulham would be like an IPA beer. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, I see it. It's an acquired taste, but some people like it, and if you like it, you really love it. Or maybe like uh like rock climbing. Yeah, you like you know and you understand that it's it's never going to be like as big or as like well known as the other competitors in your fields, but you love yeah. it for what it is, right? It brings mm -hmm. you joy and fulfillment. Yeah. Uh, also, like they're Loki kind of good. Yeah. Europa I mean, League seven final. Currently. Yeah. Seven in the Prem right now. Like they're not bad. And mm -hmm. finally, probably the most convincing reason in my eyes, big man Mitrovic. Yeah, this true. sexy Serbian hunk of meat prolific goal scorer he had what like 52 last year in the championship or something yeah like 44 i think it was yeah if you don't love him like i don't know what else to do for you i mean that's a convincing argument i think right but yeah, yeah that's i was surprised at how good they were in like europa
Yeah, that Which one. Is, I've that never one heard crazy. of that before. Yeah, to be fair, I feel like it was also before people paid attention to the Europa League generally. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, even still, still to cool get, though. Right to get to a point where Yo Yo team is playing Atletico, fair yeah. play. But yeah. moving on, next up, we Let's have go. a team in twelfth. Who are oh. your boys? Oh yes. Viewer retention, you are still here, baby. And so I get to tell you about the best club in the world, Everton Football Club. Uh, first, I'd like to start by saying, for anyone who's looking to get into football, I genuinely could not recommend a better club than Everton. Um, mainly because you'll get everything that you ever need. You know what I mean? Like, you'll, you'll experience every emotion that you'd think that humanity could give to you while supporting this club. Um, but let me kind of get into what Everton is in the first place in its history. Uh, it was founded in 1878. It was one of the founding members of the Football League, and it's the second longest serving club in top flight football, having never been relegated in 118 seasons. I think we're the two clubs up there, right, Oscar? Pretty sure. Uh, yeah, Arsenal's never been relegated. Yeah, so I think it's just, I think there's only us two that haven't been relegated. Oh, no, no, Man U's been relegated, I think. I don't think Liverpool has. Okay, that makes sense. There, anyways, it's one of the few clubs that have been in the top flight for its entire history. Uh, in 1892, Everton built Goodison Park, which is our current ground, which is actually disgusting to think about, that our, our current stadium is 130 years old. Um, but it became our home stadium after we lost Anfield, which is where Liverpool plays nowadays, due to a disagreement over paying rent. Um, which is kind of crazy to think that this place that and like Liverpool fans always hold over Everton, like, oh, we have Anfield though, like, never have a stadium like ours. It's like, bro, it was literally ours. We just didn't want to pay the rent for it. I like, valid. Calm down, son. Know your uh, worth. And yeah, know our worth. We are we are kings, you know, big chins. Uh, in total, Everton has twenty four major trophies to its name, uh, including nine league titles and five FA Cups. So you know, historically, we're we're pretty massive. I'd say we're probably one of the biggest in the league, in my opinion. Um, especially because of that stat that we're one of the founding members. Uh, but to get into a little more about Everton and what it stands for, let's get into some of the notable players, people who have worn, worn the blue. Uh, first, let's start with someone who Oscar disrespects on a daily basis, <laughs> okay, who okay, the world okay, disrespects okay. on a daily basis. Dixie Dean. People say... I could do what he did in his day, but you couldn't, all right? Dixie Dean paid, played 399 games for Everton and scored 354 goals. He signed for Everton for 3,000 pounds, which was a record deal at the time, which is so funny to me. That like Would an you know iMac. Uh, 1922, I believe. Okay. Uh, and he signed when he was 18, so he was 18 years old at the time. And I think, like, in his deal, apparently, uh, he had been promised, like, a 300-pound signing-on fee, but he only got paid 30 pounds, and he was pissed about it. And he was like, why didn't I get my money? And they're like, a deal's a deal, hold that, which I think is kind of funny. Um, but in his first season at 18, he scored 32 goals in 32 games. <laughs> kind of disgusting. Um, and you think, oh, wow, that is a crazy prolific goal scorer already. A goal a game is pretty good. Uh, but in 1927-28, he 
he set what is, in my opinion, an unbreakable record where he scored 60 goals in a single league campaign when he was 21 years old. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> Which is so disgusting. Like, if you actually think about it, I think at the time there was 18 teams in the league, so it's 36 games total. Um, no, 34 games total. So he, he scored 60 goals in 34 games, which is just vile. I mean, maybe Holland does it. Maybe. Because he's on, what, 15 and 12? 17 and 11. Sorry. That's, <laughs> that is actually... Is he actually on 17? Yeah, I was talking to my dad about it earlier. Oh, my God. Yeah, so maybe, maybe Erling Holland gets close if he keeps up this form. Um, but I want to move on to our second player, someone who truly embodies a club. It's Duncan Ferguson. Uh, he played 230 games for the club, scored 58 goals. He's kind of the like spiritual embodiment of Everton, you know? Six foot four, Scottish lad. Criminal record. Uh, would you criminal record from playing the game, not even from outside of the game, from playing the sport. <laughs> uh, which we can go into now. He was given a seven match ban for an on field fight against a Wigan Athletic when he played for Everton. But even more impressively, he was sentenced to three months in prison for assault because of an altercation while on the pitch when playing in Scotland at the age of 17. Dude, that's fire. That is insane. <laughs> he's actually the GOAT. But he's the one who's kind of like a figurehead for our club. Um, notorious for his physicality, his willingness to die for the badge. Uh, I think he has a quote. He's a mural in, in Goodison. Uh, where he has a quote where it's once you play for Everton, nothing else will do or something. He's just blue through and through. Absolute goat. Could have gone to Real Madrid with Carlo as his assistant manager, but decided to stay at Everton, which is pretty cool. Um, and finally, my third notable player who's just like, I'm not even going to say that much about him. He's just my goat. It's just Leighton Baines. He, he played 348 games, scored 27 goals. Would you argue he's the most scouse man in world football? Uh, he's definitely as, in contention as much as you're going to hate me for this I think it's between him and Jamie Carragher? yeah that's yeah. fair Jamie's but Leighton's really got the Leighton's literally has the Beatles hair yes like he's but, built to be scouse yes but Leighton is also understandable and kind Whereas Jamie is unintelligible I don't know if you've heard Leighton speak. <laughs> no, that one video of Jamie Carragher at like 17. Oh, yeah. And yeah. why he's an Everton fan. Yep. <laughs> like Shout that, out Jamie Carragher as well for being an Everton fan. Yeah, for real. And Trent. <laughs> True. Both hold that. Um, but now I'll give you my three reasons to support. Uh, first off, you're going to argue, oh, no, no, you don't. We have the best fans in the world. Um, it's a fact. I hate to just be have my balls in my hands about this one i'll yes you can argue our team isn't good enough our management's not good enough whatever we have the best fans in the world um undoubtedly the best fans in the prem this year newcastle could challenge theoretically if they continue to do super well um but if you're in doubt i just point you to our crystal palace 3-2 game from last year you'll see oscar we watched that game live together and you saw it you, you know yeah you cried I cried, yes, and I was across the country. But you saw what happened after that game. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we no, all I know. It's saw. the best. It's the best fans in the world. Uh, the second reason is obviously our, our rich history and our focus on inclusion. Um, 
we're one of the oldest clubs in England. Like we have a super successful history, you know, uh, and we're known as a people's club. Like we're known to be for the working class of Liverpool. Um, I mean, you can see it in, even in Liverpool, I think Everton's a bigger club because a lot of Liverpool fans are not actually from Liverpool. Uh, and if you like, if you really want to stand for making everyone feel included and cared for, I think Everton's probably the best place for you in the Premier League. Um, and then third, and this is what this is what really gets the people going. It's <laughs> it's that there's never a dull moment with with Everton Football Club. Uh, as a wise, I forget his first name. Is it Gerardo? Uh, Gennaro. Gennaro. Whatever. As a wise Gattuso once said, <clears throat> sometimes I may be good, sometimes I may be shit. You know. Uh, every weekend is literally, literally a bipolar episode of every 10 minutes. We go from like the best team in the world to just absolute relegation fodder. There is no consistency. You will always have a game where you feel like you could beat anybody or you, you want to die. Um, so, I mean, for the big six fans, I think you get bored of, of always, you know, consistency is key to being a great team and you get these... I, I, in my opinion, you get these stale performances where teams will just go out to play for points. Everton, you'll never get that. You'll always get, you know, something going on. I will so that's say, my case. The group chat, when, on a weekly basis, when Everton play, I'll receive a text from Jack after they the score or up the one group. <laughs> said, No, 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 listen. This dude will text me and say something along the line, oh my god, we are actually insane. We could be the Galacticos. 2010 Spain doesn't have anything on us. And then you can see three to like whole city while playing a five back and you yeah. enter a depressive state. You don't <laughs> talk to me for a week. And guess what? I want nothing else. I would have it no other way. I, I think, who was it? There was some English person who said, the reason football is so magical is because it emulates life. It gives you the highest highs and the lowest lows without any warning. And I think that's what Everton does for you, you know? It's like, it's like living life because it's going to give you some absolute stinkers and then you're going to have days where you're absolutely buzzing to be involved. So that's my case for Everton. Um, and I'm ready for the next team whenever you are, Oscar. Uh, the next team. Now, you're not going to like this one. Oh, no. It's Liverpool. Oh, the rap bastards right after us again. Now, do you want me to do it or would you like to do it? I would not like to speak on the scum. Okay. I'll keep this I'll keep this relatively short and brief to spare you the pain. Thank you. Uh, Liverpool Football Club, founded in 1892. You hear that? 14 years younger, little boy. Have been stuck at Anfield uh, since their inception. As you explained earlier, rent disputes. Uh, they were founded literally because of beef between the Everton board and the, and yes. the owner of Anfield himself. Yeah. Right. And uh, tragically, they have been, I think it'd be fair to say, a little more successful than your boys in blue. Especially recently, yes. They do have six Champions Leagues. Yeah. But although only one Premier League. Ha <laughs> ha. Ooh. Uh, their largest beefs are, unsurprisingly, with Everton, their ex roommates, and with Man U. Uh, primarily in the 90s, they were both greats. You can imagine how that leads to problems. Yeah. They're notable players. First up, we have Stevie G. Steven Gerrard. And yeah, cool. Sorry, all I'll say... 
<laughs> no, 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 please continue. <laughs> Look at the boat, you fucking feet, lad. All I'll say about this man. Personally, shit manager. Facts. He may have won Champions League. Bum. But my god, does he have no grip. Dembaba absolutely <laughs> wins this man. <laughs> Nothing left on the pitch. Unequivocally shafted. Bottom tier. I'm putting him third. All I'm saying. Lampard, Not... Skulls, Gerard. Honestly, that. Lampard, Skulls, Declan Rice, Gerard. Lampard, Skulls, Declan Rice, Tom Davies, Gerard. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Wilshere. Aaron Ramsey, he may be Welsh. Who gives a shit? Point is. Still uh, better if English. You if you don't have a clip, I implore you after this podcast to go and Google Steven Gerrard slip, and you'll understand why it's so funny. For context, yeah. had he not let this goal go through, not only would Chelsea not have won the league, Liverpool most likely would have. Yes, yeah. So, no, they uh, would have, would have. Like, wasn't they, it confirmed? Because Chelsea would have... Didn't they lose our next game, Chelsea? Uh, Yeah, no, you're right. So it was literally did. for the title. They just slipped and yeah. gave it away. <laughs> yeah, unlucky. Uh, secondly, though, someone a little older, which I hope you have a little less beef with, considering this man was out and about during the 70s. Kenny no, Dalglish. I respect this man. I respect this man. Uh, arguably the... Actually, inarguably, the best Scottish player ever. Right? John McGinn, Three, man. Right? Uh, well, I mean, John McGinn's... Big dunk right. in my eyes, but, you know. Of course, naturally. Uh, Kenny yeah. Dalglish played 355 games for Liverpool and scored 118 goals in 13. Uh, sorry, in 13 years, not in 13 games. Yeah, yeah, God. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, did not, he did not... Yeah, my bad. Uh, he has since then been knighted, and according to oh. his Wikipedia page was, quote, a sex icon of the 80s. Was he? Apparently. No homo? I'm looking up to see if he was hot. Uh, please, I want to fact check on this. Uh, he also became a manager of Liverpool for a bit. They didn't do phenomenal, but I mean, hey, managing your own is pretty sick. Oh, he and finally, like Jeffrey Dahmer. What do you mean this guy was a sex icon? Uh, that's what Wikipedia said, all right? All right, whatever. Finally, the last player I want to highlight. We all know him. I think it's, he's, he's one of few players that really you can't hate. You can dislike in the moments, but overall you can't look at this man and say, wow, fuck him. Yeah. Mo Salah. That's true. Right? Yeah. The little Egyptian farmer boy. This it, guy okay. just... Nah. nah no, I'm, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not saying anything about, bad about Salah. I'm actually saying something positive. I think a lot of Liverpool players are pretty likable until you're playing against them. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Virgil van Dijk. Like, I would love to have Robertson on my team, but I don't, so I hate him. The only Trent. ones who are genuinely dislikable is Trent and Henderson. And Harvey Elliott. Uh, yeah, and I, see Jones. I see your points. I see your points. And Bobby Firmino. Those are the five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give it to you. But, but yeah, yeah, most little, solid follower. Little Egyptian farmer boy. Puskas winner for a goal that probably should not have won us but i mean fair play whatever yeah i dumb, mean how decision it's just because it was against everton that's literally why they uh, gave it to him yeah probably uh i mean you just you can't hate this man. he wakes up he goes to the mosque he prays he goes yeah. play on a saturday he scores six goals he goes to the mosque does his other prayer goes to bed does the same thing next week you can't despise yeah. this man he like built hospitals in underdeveloped yeah, areas he's a good, in Egypt. He's a good man 
right? Like he's just, yeah. he's great. He's great. Which finally leads us to why would you support this? And now I did you a favor with this one. I wrote down one reason. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Do that, not become one of them. I will say this as, as in from the eyes of a footballing person at this moment in time, if you're getting into the game, which I think a lot of Americans are going to do in the next couple of months as the World Cup comes up, Liverpool is not a good long-term investment. Genuinely. The project is the project's at an end. They've had a lot of successful years. To me, this looks like your Arsenal fandom. You know what I mean? What'd you like mean? You, joined, you joined in right at the end of the project. And then you had to suffer for the next 15 years as they rebuild. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, but I was also four. No, I'm aware, but I'm just saying, in general, if you're getting into the game, this would be a bad time to invest in Liverpool as a fan, in my opinion. Yeah, you know? no, I see your point. That's fair. Like, I'll we're getting to the end of the cycle of Salah, Chutta, and we're yeah. getting left with Darwin Donkey up front, you know? <laughs> like, mean, you're not going to... Sadio's already gone, so like I like I agree. yeah yeah that's what I mean. It's like Van once Van Dyke goes, once we see Robbo go, Robbo's thirty one, bro. Fabinho's old. They haven't signed good players yet. I will say, if they end up getting Jude Bellingham, then it would be a fun sign, a fun team to support. You know. Yeah, and no, I'll give it to you. That's fair. But in general, I would I would say the stock's low. If you want to buy in, go ahead. It's the worst fan base in the world. Everyone hates each other and is toxic, and no one loves Liverpool. <laughs> Um, so you just, if you want to be the villain, support Liverpool. That's all I'm going to say. I, I feel a little animosity from you. No, no, I'm it was not. completely neutral and absolutely no bias. Okay, regardless, our next team, the people in fourth, Newcastle. Fourth, oh yes. I would love to speak on Newcastle. Please. I would just say, I, I've, I think I've stated it on this podcast somewhere before. If Everton never existed, I believe I'd be a Newcastle fan. I have a soft spot for this team. Even though they're trying to drum up some like fake beef between the two of us because they need to start associating themselves with a big club. Um, Shut the fuck up. It's facts. These guys are minuscule, but we're still going to res- give them some respect. So let's get into their history a little bit. Uh, they were founded in 1892, and they play in the stadium they were founded in, St. James's Park which in my humble opinion is actually one of the best stadiums in England. I think it probably makes it in the top six. I think it's better than like Etihad. I think it's better than like in terms of actual atmosphere, the atmosphere there oh, is sure. crazy. It's not like beautiful. It's not like that. That's how I rank stadiums though. It's because of atmosphere. I mean, it's also so, Newcastle though. Are you really expecting it to be like a marvel of architecture? No, no, no. But they've been in the same one for since no, 1892. Like, that's yeah, the cool part about it, is it's huge. It is massive, but it is old. Yeah. Uh, to give some respect to Newcastle, they've been in the top flight. Oh, no, they've been in the Premier League for all but three years of its history. So whatever that is, like the last 40-something years of actually being yeah, the Prem and not like the top flight of England or whatever. Yeah, last 36. Yeah, they've been, they've been in all but three years. Um. They have 13 total trophies. They're the ninth most winning team in England. Um, and they're notorious for their black and white striped kits. I think they're probably, in my opinion, if I see a black and white striped kit, I think of Newcastle before I think of Juventus. Which is... Real? I, don't know. I, mean, I guess fair. I think I would. If I just saw a black and white striped shirt, I think a Newcastle before Juventus. But 
It's one or the other. And and I think their second thing that they're known for is they have the most stereotypically English fans. Um, the Geordies, as they are called. Uh, but continuing on with their history, after years of relegation contention, like, you know, they've been kind of in the bottom half of the table forever. Uh, in 2021, the club was bought by an Arab-backed consortium who appointed Eddie Howe, and they've been flying ever since. Like, genuinely, has been crazy to turn around. Can you check for me where they are in the form table still? Are they still in, like, the top two? Um, sure, let me look for you right now. I think it was City 1 and then Newcastle 2nd in the form table. They might still be in it. That was back in, like, February. Uh, they are third behind Arsenal. Third. And oh, yeah, Arsenal's got to be on there now. But back at the end of last season, they were second for the second half of the season. Um, so let's get into some of their notable players. If you had to... As someone who knows even a little bit about Newcastle, if you had to say what player played for Newcastle, who's the first person that comes to mind? Um, Wijnaldum. Not the answer I was looking for. No, I know. Um, Alan Scherer. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, I put in my notes I here. I I genuinely had no idea. <laughs> I was hoping you'd catch the lob I threw, but yeah, knowing no, this Alan podcast, Scherer. it probably wouldn't end up that way. <laughs> Um, Alan Shearer, I, I put in my notes and you can, we can have an argument about it at some point maybe, but I said he's probably the greatest English striker of all time in terms of just out-and-out strikers. Uh, he's the Premier League top goal scorer of all time. He scored 260 goals in 441 games. Um, fun fact about his transfer to Newcastle, he's always been a Newcastle fan like since he was a kid, but when he transferred there, he broke the world record uh, transfer for 15 million pounds just one five not five zero one five um i think it's fair to say that like alan when you say alan shearer you think newcastle when you think newcastle you think alan shearer he's pretty much like he is the club embodied which is pretty cool in my opinion um and since he's so massive when i was thinking about other players that have played for newcastle of course there's other greats who i could have gone through but i decided to kind of go more on the on the side of who should we never forget who played for Newcastle? You know what I mean? Mm. And so Jimmy I went for... Adam. No. I went for someone who I think we all can respect with our whole hearts. Hatem Ben Arfa. Oh my God, bro. The streets shall never forget this, man. He played for Newcastle from 2011 to 2015. He played a total of 72 games and scored 12 goals. And I mean, we can all like state he probably wasn't the most effective player ever i mean actually i think he was ineffective if you actually took it in the stats however he might be one of the most beautifully technical players to ever play in the premier league um if you really want to enjoy just beautiful football i would watch his highlight tape there was like what, what year was it 13 14 oscar where he was like actually one of the best midfielders ever <laughs> Just, I want to say, yeah, I want to say 14, 15, but yeah. 14, 15, maybe. Yeah. But he was world-class for that time. Um, and recently, we've seen kind of a regen, in my opinion. Someone who's kind of come up and is doing similar things, except maybe, maybe at a higher level. Maybe. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Alan St. Maximin. Gucci headband, as he has been known in the past. <laughs> um. He signed in 2019 on a six-year contract. I think now he's probably one of the best wingers in the Premier League. Uh, and if he can get end product, if he can get the final pass or shot, I genuinely, genuinely believe he's one of the best wingers in the world. Like, honestly. I think he's, he's what Neymar was when he was young, 
Um, but Neymar obviously got to he got to do it in a league where he could obliterate at Barca. You know what I mean? Right. But he's played ninety. Alan Maximin has now played ninety-one games. He has twelve goals and five assists, but he's still only twenty-five. Um, and I'd say he's kind of the face of this new era at Newcastle. I think if they keep a hold of him, we're going to start seeing a lot of great things happen there. Uh, and again, he has a crazy, crazy highlight tape, so I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, I didn't write down the three reasons to support, but I can just do them off the top of my head. I'd say, firstly, you're looking at probably... <clears throat> I'd say they're probably the most ravenous fan group in world football. They just care so much about their team. I think they care the most about their club out of anyone I can think of. Um, secondly, you're, you're joining into a really, really exciting time because, again, they're backed by a Saudi consortium the same way that Man City and PSG are now. So you're going to start seeing some crazy names go to Newcastle, and probably they're going to be contending for the title in the next couple of years. Uh, and then thirdly, you're joining an iconic movement, <clears throat> truly, by by buying into the the black and white stripes you're getting into something that's that's really really massive so i'd say if you really want to be kind of a new era fan that can say they were there before it happened now's the time to buy in a new castle stock you know it's about to pop i'll give it to you that's fair i think i think that's a genuine i think it's genuinely i mean they're in fourth place in the prem right now hey for the record for the record we did call you, you and I, Jack. That is why we know ball. That is why people. Mm-hmm. God, I remember getting laughed at for saying they'd finish seventh. I remember getting laughed at by Robbie when he said, "You think Newcastle will be above Man U, bro? We have Ronnie, and look at Ronnie now. Not even touching the pitch anymore, lad. Bro, oh <laughs> my God, people need to stop doubting us, bro. Know our worth, honestly. Honestly, as the title says, we know ball. We do know ball. We do. Give that wheel a spin. Give that wheel a spin. Let's go on. We have. <laughs> we have a team in ninth. Oh. Which is Brighton and Hove Albion. Oh. <laughs> now. Give your give your backstory. <laughs> yeah, this one's this one's a little contentious for me, <laughs> because I don't I don't particularly uh, have an affinity for this club. Let's put it that way. He, uh, he Bright- hates yeah, Brighton and Hove Albion are that one team that on paper are absolute utter dog shit yet for some reason arsenal never find a way to beat mm-hmm. it used to be primarily due to neil mopa right the goat and i i absolutely despise this man hey. so i made no nah, no nah, i hate him still i hate him he's i despise him I can't uh, I wait this... till we play you when he bags a hat trick it's gonna be I so do. funny i'm gonna cry and have an aneurysm good weekend for me Point is, Brighton and Hove Albion. I'll keep this brief. They were founded. They don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> if up. you guys could see the document that we have, by the way, we have like pretty. I'd say we probably have a page per team here, and then Brighton maybe has five sentences. <laughs> uh, I'll have you know, it's nine. <laughs> Sorry. So okay, go that's ahead. Brighton and Hove Albion founded in 1901. Uh, they made it to. Be, they made it to be organized league system. In 1920, uh, they apparently have beef with Crystal Palace uh, because of Why? their proximity. 
Which what proximity? Is, it's 40 miles away, which I guess. Brighton's on a beach, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Uh, they actually have beef with Portsmouth, though. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. The logic behind it is that they are both on the southern coast of England, and there can only be you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they renamed their stadium from the Falmer Stadium to the Amex in 2011. Also, real quick, side note, if you're American Express, I don't know why you're sponsoring Brighton and Hove Albion, especially at the point in which they were in, like, League One. Oh, they saw the vision, mate. Nah, but, like, but like nah. Like, I just, I disagree. I wonder how expensive it was. I could probably find that out someday. Probably too expensive. Probably unwarranted, and, like, they should pull out and not give them I've been so surprised, especially as Everton builds their new stadium, how expensive naming rights are. Like I'm we had an offer sure. from some, we had an offer from like some adult website who apparently offered like 250 million pounds for 20 years of naming rights. Dude, think about the, the Spotify Camp Nou. Yeah, true, true. Like admittedly, yeah, it's for Camp Nou, but I mean, even still, like, goddamn. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I looked at notable players for Brighton. And I'm not joking when I said I could not recognize one. Yeah, no, that's they're, honestly fair. They're all bums. And just to demonstrate, the the pinnacle of a pinnacle of footballing ability to have gone through Brighton and Hove Albion was a man called Glenn Murray. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. You know who so, I... I'll, I'll give yeah. some of my own note that I think are good nowadays. Um, Lewis yeah. Dunk deserves credit from brighton actually a class player he has nine fingers by the way not lewis dunk sorry i think of dan Byrne. dan Byrne has nine fingers and he's a class player but dan lewis dunk's also good and then i think eves basuma um That's they sold how... someone for a lot of money kukorea both of them, both of them none, none of those three play for brighton anymore no i know because yeah brighton can't hold on to that anymore yeah graham ha-ha. potter Graham Potter is actually a good product out of Brighton. Fair. And I'm glad he made it out for his sake. A uh, few reasons why you should support Brighton. Uh, apparently, Mason Mount is a Portsmouth fan. And he does a funny celebration when he scores against Brighton because he hates him. I think he hit the chunks celebration against Brighton. He did have a piano chunk celebration from a crossbar challenge video against Brighton, which is kind of tough. I'll give it to him. Yeah. Uh, Bryson are also low-key a bit of a bogey team, especially for Arsenal. They are. But I they feel like... Good. Sorry. Go yeah, I was going to say, I feel like a little bit also for everyone else. I feel like, you know, some weeks you look at this and you say, okay, it's Bournemouth, we're going to win. You don't really know what to expect when you play Brighton, right? Max. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I actually have a note here. Jack claims good football. I they disagree, play but... good football, man. I don't. They do. No. Disagree. That's why they beat you every year. <laughs> no, smile. Uh, also, they're XG merchants. Yeah, and they that do is have my, Yeah, that is my uh, overview of Brighton and Hove Albion. Short, Next sweet, up. to the point, up the Seagulls. The team in 18th, which I believe is Leeds uh, I don't. Oh, it is Leeds. It is Leeds. Uh, somewhat similarly to Oscar, um... <laughs> I don't have a problem with Leeds. I just don't have much to say about Leeds. I do want to recognize that Leeds, Leeds is historic. Like Leeds is a massive club, let's be honest. Um, they definitely had a resurgence in the recent years, but let's kind of get into their history. Uh, they were founded in 1919, so a pretty, pretty young team 
in comparison to the ones we've heard so far, probably about 20 years younger than most. Uh, they play currently and have played in Ellen Road since their foundation, which is pretty dope. Again, I think that's cool when you stay in a stadium the whole time. Um, their main rival is Man United, which I think a lot of people just have rivalries with because they were really good at the time, and they just wanted to kind of attach themselves to them. That's what I mean with Newcastle. They're trying to get attached to Everton for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and then for notable players, um, people Leeds fans might get mad at me, but I didn't really see any that were like actual Leeds legends. I know there's there are some players that are Leeds legends, but I didn't have like I don't have enough knowledge to point them out. So if you guys want to let me know in any way, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, let me know who I should have talked about for Leeds, and at another time I'll get back to it. But I did put down Mar- Marcelo Bielsa as someone notable from Leeds, um, mainly because he was one of like the most revolutionary managers in a long time for the championship. Like his, it, for those who don't know, his whole ethos is just about outrunning and outworking other teams, kind of similar to like the '70s Netherlands team. What was that type of ball called? Was it literally called the? I don't want to say this without with it being wrong. I'm pretty sure it's called Blitzkrieg, the type of ball they played. Where they would just like run at people full speed, the same way. Blitzkrieg like, is a German wartime tactic. No, but it's also a football tactic. Is it? Like they based it off. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Netherlands based their football off of Blitzkrieg. That's like what it was called. It might have been the Germans, but it was definitely a tactic that got adopted for people for the high press. Um, and they wrote a really cool documentary about how Bielsa like revolutionized Leeds. Is it Leeds Till I Die or what's it called? Forever Leeds or something? Um, isn't it just all or nothing? I don't know if it's all or nothing. I'm going to look it up right now for those who are interested. Um, it's called Take Us Home, Leeds United. It's about Leeds trying to get up to the Premier League. Um, so I highly recommend that for people who haven't watched uh, anything about Leeds. It's a very cool documentary. Some of the honorable mentions for players that I didn't know whether I should write about as Leeds legends necessarily. I put Rio Ferdinand and Cantona down, but I didn't really want to say like, oh, these are players that like make up what Leeds is because um, they only play there for short periods of time. And so why would you support Leeds? Obviously, I think first off, most importantly here is that they have Americans, guys. <laughs> they have some of us. Um, I think we're going to, they have a head, their head coach's name is Jesse Marsh. Uh, he coached in Austria and Germany before coming to Leeds. Um, and he brought in some new signings, some Americans named Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams. And I just think in the next couple of years, Leeds are going to start growing like a huge affinity from the U.S., um, which I think is a genius, genius marketing move. Because not only is the the talent from the U.S. is genuinely not bad anymore, um, it's good enough, you know what I mean? And if you get more American talent, you're going to start getting more money and more fans because, you know, Leeds is going to automatically just draw American people. So if you're proud to be an American, I'd, I'd recommend Leeds for you. I think it's definitely the spot to go. If you're like, oh, I want to have some American in me and still watch football, then I would do, I would do Leeds. Um, the second reason is entertaining football. There's still a lot left over from what Bielsa made. Like all his players are still insanely fit. They high press all the time. They have a high line. Um, and they're always fun to watch because, I mean, they're, they're in 18th right now. They're always getting battered or doing battering. Like, there's never a game of Leeds where it's a nil-nil, like, defensive game, ever. So if you really want to just watch football for fun, Leeds is another great team to watch. And then thirdly, I put their work rate as their third reason. 
I think a lot of people are, are attracted to teams of passion. And Leeds definitely tops the passion list in my eyes in terms of just wanting it every game. They'll go out and give everything they got. And I don't think they have a lot of quality necessarily, but they're going to work their socks off as often as they can. Um, so if you really enjoy passion in sport, I'd say that this is, this is a great option for you. And that, that's pretty much it for me for Leeds. Um, yeah, next they're up? a great team. Yeah, oh, next up. Fuck. All right. What? So uh, you know how I did Liverpool for you? Yep. You want to do Spurs? Yeah, I'll do Spurs for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, for those who aren't aware, just to give some context before I get into Spurs, the reason Oscar is so opposed to Spurs is because of the, they have a big rivalry with Tottenham. Um, notoriously. I'll get into it a little bit, but I, I spend more time focusing on their history, but there's a North London derby between Tottenham and, Man, and Arsenal that is very deep. Red. Um, Still huh? is and always will be red. Yeah, London, unfortunately for Tottenham fans, is, is red. Fortunately um, let's get in... for anyone else. <laughs> let's get into some of their history. Um, they're based in London. They were founded in 1882, which makes them one of the oldest leagues, I mean, oldest teams in the league. Um, kind of interestingly, they won the FA Cup as a non-league team in 1901. It was the only team to ever do so since the inception of the Football League in 1888, which I thought was pretty dope. They were literally a Sunday league team that won the FA Cup, which is pretty cool. Um, in their history, I also put that they're notorious bottlers. Uh, they have good squads that just can't collect the bag. Uh, they've had like really good recent contentions, so I'd still consider them a, a, like a pretty massive club. It's just that they're notorious for not being able to finish the job. Um, and for more history, they're the sixth winningest team in England. They have a total of 26 trophies. So overall, I'd say they're, they're still a big club, but I'd say they're at the, the bottom end of big club, you know? i say Tottenham and Everton are pretty equal in stature, but people are going to say that's crazy. I think Everton is clear. <laughs> okay, thank you. It's the far, first time I've heard support for that claim ever. No, I'm um, with it. Let's get into some of their notable players. Uh, I think even though you're, you're a Tottenham hater, I think you can respect this man, to be honest with you. Gareth Bale. Like, one of the best wingers we've seen come out of England in a long time. He joined Tottenham from Southampton for £5 million pounds, uh, as a left back, which is kind of interesting. Um, but throughout his early career, he was like, everyone knew he was, like, super pacey. So that's why they wanted him at left back to just catch the fast wingers. But then they realized, wait, what if we just put him at winger, then the other wing backs can't catch him. Um, and then he became very clinical and started scoring pretty pretty big numbers for Tottenham. I don't think he ever got like 30, 20 goals a season, but he was doing really well up front. Um, and his abilities caught the eyes of Real Madrid, who actually broke the world record for most expensive signing of all time uh, for him by signing him for 100 million euros. The first triple digit. Yeah, first triple digit signing ever, which is pretty crazy. Um, then he went on to win just everything ever uh, at Real. But I think he, I think a lot of Tottenham fans look at Gareth Bale with, you know, with warm eyes because he was the kid that came up through their system and went on to do it all. Um, to go on to someone who I don't know really whether Spurs fans rate him or not, but someone that I really like uh, is Paul Gascoigne. Uh, he wasn't necessarily the like most successful person at the club, but he was definitely one of the greatest English players that we've seen in a long time. Uh, I recommend anybody to go and watch his highlights. Definitely not necessarily a Tottenham legend, but more of a footballing legend that I think Tottenham fans will be proud to have play for their club. 
And then finally, the last guy who I think also, you're going to hate him with your whole soul, obviously, but he does deserve respect from the footballing world is Harry Kane. Um, Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But he started his youth career at Tottenham. He went on loan for like five years around England to like Norwich, West Brom, random places. Um, But then since 2014, he's just been dominating every year, like literally every year. I'd just like to point out real quick. Yeah. There is a picture of big Harold Kane at the Arsenal fan rally in 2006. Oh, yeah. With he red also, hair and an O2 shirt. So he hold did, that. But he also played for their youth academy. He played for four youth academies, I learned. Yeah, I know. I know. Do you know, do you know that's like a normal thing in England, actually? I saw a TikTok of all these kids at like a youth tournament. And they're like, what, what teams do you play for? Like, oh, I play for Chelsea, West Ham, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Watford. I'm like, what? How well, do yeah, you do that? I'm pretty sure it's because they practice like once a week. That yeah, they do. They do. Alternating days. So like Wednesday, you play for whoever. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just interesting that that's how it works in the youth leagues. Anyways, since twenty fourteen, he's been dominating. Uh, In two hundred ninety one appearances, he has one hundred ninety three goals in the Premier League, and in four hundred and two total appearances, he has two hundred fifty nine goals. So, as I said earlier, uh, Alan Shearer currently holds the record for most goals in the Premier League. I think it's two fifty five, two fifty six, maybe. Um, So fifty six, I think. Harry Kane's somewhat like set somewhere near 70 off of Shearer's record. So I think that's what he's aiming for. He still has a couple of years to do it, I think. Um, but notoriously, I'd say he's one of the best strikers in the world at the moment. Uh, no, disagree. He's developed, his, he's developed his game so much too. Anyways, let's get into the reasons why to support. I know Oscar's going to be mad at these, but um, I have to give them to you. So Oscar, if you want to plug your ears, you can plug your ears. Uh, first off, and he's going to, I think we both somewhat disagree with this, but overall, I say they have a likable squad. Um, you don't of, even, no, 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 sorry. You don't even think that you're. No, I don't. I really don't. I, I, but here's the thing the people that I don't like from Tottenham are offset by the one man that I love at Tottenham. So. Okay, counterpoint Andre Gomes kneecap. I know, I know. Counterpoint, though, the man who saved us from relegation plays okay. for this team. Counter counterpoint, Eric Dyer as a human. A counter counterpoint, gimme, gimme, gimme the ginger from Sweden. Bro, I if this dude was Norwegian, you would not care about. Him. No, not at all. Literally zero. But he's not. He's Swedish, so I love the man. Anyways, they have a pretty Lego squad. Uh, they have a lot of talent who works hard, um, and they obviously they've been deprived of success. So they they work really hard to try and get it. Um, they're, they're somewhat of a piss take of the big six. Like, all the rest of them make fun of them. But they're still a very respectable club at the end of the day. Like, they're, they're, you're always going to be the smallest in that pool of six. But still a pretty big club. Um, the second reason, I think, is their new era that's coming up right now. They appointed a new manager, Antonio Conte. And they had a giant squad overhaul. And they also built a new stadium. So they're just kind of building for the future. Hopefully they can bring home some silverware soon and kind of get rid of their curse. It's what, 22 years without a trophy? Uh, 26, I think. 26, there you go. See, Arsenal fans don't care because they're so much bigger, but they just happen to know the exact years since Tottenham won a trophy. <laughs> um, and then the third reason to support them is results. Uh, and this this one I kind of have a disdain towards, but people might like it. So I said, I put results because Tottenham will, will, will likely get results because of their defensive style. So if you really care about always being in the conversation for top six, I, I think Tottenham's the right pick. 
Um, you're not going to watch beautiful football every week. You'll have moments of brilliance here or there, but they're just a hard defensive counterattacking team that doesn't lose very often. Um, so yeah, that's Tottenham. Okay, I'm done. Good. Thank God. Next up, Leicester. Ugh, the antithesis of Tottenham. True. They're in 17th. I'll be Absolute dog shit. I was going <laughs> to say. fucking atrocious right now, but hey, we love them still. So, yeah. Leicester is a very peculiar team. True. I'll, I'll open up with a statement, and you tell me how you feel about this. Mm-hmm. I have an inclination that anybody who watches the Prem, if you had them rank all the teams in order of how much they like them, Leicester yep. would be second or third for like 90% of them. Yeah, I agree. I don't think anyone truly dislikes Leicester. And there's one... I mean, yeah. But getting into their history, they were founded in 1888. Old heads, right? Yeah, And wow. they've been at the King Power since its inception. Admittedly, oh. there were a few little like we're play here for a bit because renovations, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But essentially they've been at the King Power since their inception. Similar to Brentford, they were kind of a sturdy League One team up yeah. until 2008, at which point they were bought out by King Power, a Thai like travel agency. What was that guy's name? I'll figure it out. What you there was going. some long Thai name. I don't know if you want to risk in pronouncing that in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, they were promoted. Oh my God. Yeah, right? Permission to attempt? Uh, go for it. I can't say his first name. Um, I, <laughs> oh no, I can just, I can say, I can say this part. Okay, it's Vichai Srivadahana Pabrana. Not bad. I'll give it to you. I'm pretty good about that, to be honest. Yeah, no, honestly, a good effort. I, I rate it. But regardless, <laughs> uh, bought out by this Thai uh, traveler. Yeah. They're promoted in 1516 and had inarguably, I think, the second greatest Premier League campaign ever. N- uh, no, let's be real. Like, okay, yes, up. you're going to say second best because Arsenal went invisible, right? Whatever. Precisely. To be like a championship team coming up and winning the Premier League is more impressive than going unbeaten with like a highly invested into squad. Shut the fuck up. You know it's true though. Nope, disagree. <laughs> These dudes get promoted and the bookies are out here looking at the, at the facts and the stats, right? They look at all the teams, the players, they go, okay, Yaya Torre, computers, bro. pretty good. Meza Ozil, pretty good. Eden Hazard, yeah, he's kind of good. They're out here doing the math. You know that meme of the dude from The Hangover with like the quadratic formula going around him? Imagine that. They come to the conclusion, the odds of them winning the league are 5,000 to One dude from Sheffield goes, all right, I'll throw down like five pounds on this. The bastards go and do it. They win the Premier League in their first season up from a championship. That man, and by the guys, way. Guys, you know what that yeah. means for all our listeners? Just keep gambling. You'll sometimes win. One hand away. You're yeah. always one hand away. Never stop mining for the diamonds. They're I'm right joking. there. We Know Ball does not endorse gambling. Unless we get a sponsor. True. Hey, <laughs> if DraftKings comes for us, we love gambling. Only if you're of age and your state allows you to do it. 
point is, uh, some dude put down like five pounds on this and won like three million. It was stupid. So, Claudio Vineri, absolute masterclass from a team predicted to finish 19th to winning the league is obscene. Yeah. That, like that, that, like, oh my God. Like, I, I can't even quantify how insane that is. It's almost like there's 5,000 to one odds that it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Regardless, they have beef essentially only with Nottingham Forest. Uh, I love that rivalry. That's a great right? rivalry. Yeah. They're both from the Midlands, which is like shockingly in the middle of the UK and proximity, whatever. They don't really. A few notable players. I think this is really what makes Leicester so lovable, right? The people they have for their team. Exactly. Yeah. I'll start out with a non-obvious one. Emil Heskey used to play for Leicester. Man, you don't want to mess with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> a man who has PTSD from a child in Watford making a video about him in his bedroom. And Genuinely. Had... Let's... No, yeah. Do you think his career got ruined because of that video? His, I was about to say, his entire career was tainted because of one dude who thought he was funny. Yeah. Point is, Emil Heskey spent six years at Leicester. He scored 40 goals in 154 appearances. He played for England. Decent, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, he was a very good player. Bro, he was, really, he was insane. His goal-scoring numbers are actually crazy. I would say a little unfairly treated. Yeah. I there was agree. a video of KSI meeting him in like the later stages of his career. He played in like Australia or something. KSI yeah. went and apologized for uh, effectively ruining his life. Yeah. Right. His poor but kids, mo- man. Moving on to the next player, which, again, the embodiment of Leicester, Jamie Vardy. Oh, chat shit, get banged, Jamie Vards. I think. Possibly one of the goats of the modern Premier League. He's definitely iconic. I wouldn't say he's a goat. He's definitely iconic. But when you think of the Prem and why we watch it at 4.30 in the morning on a Sunday, is it not because of people like Jamie Vardy? It is 15-16 Jamie Vardy. That is why we get up for it. Exactly. In that season, he scored 24 league goals and set the record for the longest streak of scoring in every single game at eight matches. Bro, so far, he has 354 games for Leicester, in which he scored 154 goals. Yeah, I'm convinced this man will get a statue outside the King Power. He deserves it so much. And there's also a bit of a controversial clip of him destroying a corner flag uh, during COVID, which that's a, a funny humorous. clip. So yeah, funny. It's pretty funny. And finally, the last player I want to highlight, Leicester. My guy, Angolo Cante, na, na, smile na, na, cyclist. Angolo Cante, na, 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 na. I'm not gonna sing so, the whole song. Angolo only spent one season at Leicester, the famous That's 15, crazy, 16, right? What a beast! So he played 37 games for Leicester, which was enough to earn him a move to Chelsea. Yeah, he arrived that summer for 5.6 million pounds and mm-hmm. left a year later for 32 million pounds. Bro, they only paid thirty million for him. Fun fact: If Leicester said no, Chelsea were looking to snap up Granit Xhaka. Oh, that would have been great for you. <laughs> A few reasons to support Leicester. As I said earlier, five thousand to one, and they win the league. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Secondly, as I mentioned earlier, 
big man Jamie Vardy. Go. And again, as I said earlier as well, even if even if they don't have your heart, you still have a little empathy. For, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. You look at them and you see Lesser beat some team, and you're kind of happy. About it. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So anyway, but you like to round. see them succeed. Yeah, that's my roundup of Lesser. I like it. Uh, after them. <laughs> oh no. Ah. The people. <clears throat> Sorry, well, let me let me get some water. Let me clear my throat. Give me water. It's gonna be the stinky, stinky gunners. Ah. The people. Currently, I like to remind you. Leading the Premier League. Yep. My brethren, my people, Arsenal Football Club. Mm-hmm. This beautiful, arguably the pinnacle, the pinnacle of modern football. Yeah, the people that that I live in. These people who have let's get into let's get into it. <laughs> they've consumed so much of my life. Yeah. Quick overview: Early days of Arsenal, founded 1886, originally known as Dial Square, then rebranded we- to Woolwich Arsenal, and now today. Just Arsenal. They played in a stadium called Highbury, which was destroyed and turned into an, uh, an apartment complex. It's very cool, actually. Where the pitch was... So, if you can imagine how a stadium is laid out, the pitch now is a sort of park, common area type place. And where the stands were is the actual apartment. So there's like a courtyard in the middle. There's also like the remnants of goalposts and like people go there and take pictures of where Thierry Henry scored and celebrated. And it's a very cool story. Beautiful place. Eventually was replaced by the Emirates in 2000. Uh, Arsenal have three Premier Leagues, including what I think is undisputed and uncontested. The single best Premier League season ever crafted. It's literally not. It's actually just not even close. So, if you don't know, shut up. 12. When you win a league without losing a single game, you don't just get a normal trophy. You get one made of solid gold. And there's only one team in the Premier League to receive a solid gold trophy. My people and my arsenal. Ugh. I love them so much. The best part about this, as Jack mentioned earlier, we don't really like Tottenham. Uh, primarily because they claim to be the biggest club in North London, which they're not. But we they got are. this golden trophy at White Hart Lane, the old Tottenham Stadium, just to rub it in their slimy. I'm so glad your audio cut out for that. I know. <laughs> yeah. A few other things as to why. A few other things for the history of Arsenal. There's a man, a 73-year-old French man, who was born in Eastern France in Alsace. Is he younger than your dad? He is younger than my father, yes. Oh my god. Called Arsene Wenger. Who I think would be fair to say No, it's not. He's not. No, listen. Revolutionized the Premier League. Yeah, that's fair. That's fine. He I'm not gonna go too much into how Arsene Wenger perfected the 442. But the thing Okay, not even as a haha. I, I think the thing that made him so great 
was his scouting ability. Yeah, for sure. Because this dude, he was really the first manager in the Premier League to understand that importing players was a very, very good. Him, so him, you, him and Al. That's that's not disrespect Ferguson either. He did Ferguson it first was, though. Like he he, he if you look at a um But he just did it from France, mate. Like he didn't <laughs> No, 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 no. He did not get anyone. <laughs> if you look dream. at the uh 0304 the one that went invincible, mm-hmm. uh, I think only two of the players were English. How many were French? Uh five. Perez Thierry, Thierry Patrick right Vieira, Patrick uh, Lauren is from Lauren is from Cameroon, but was played in France. Uh, he did play in France, yes. So yeah, he had he got four players oh, he, French. Actually, he just no, went. He, he just spent summer in France. Thierry <laughs> Henry played at Juventus before. Yeah, yeah. So point is, Arsene Wenger, beautiful man, revolutionized the club, kind of brought in the standard of like pinching from the other leagues to the Premier League. And with that, I said enough with the history of ours. You can understand why I love them. Yeah. To bring you now to notable players, I listed some already. My goat, Thierry Henry. Oh, okay. By the way, guys, I'm yes. looking at the document. We're supposed to have three players. There's probably 15 here. I shut up. I don't care. <laughs> okay. I did not ask. Your opinion wasn't considered. Thierry Henry, my goat. 20 goals, 20 assists in one season. Unmatched. That, that is unparalleled. Patrick Didn't Vieira. Didn't do it, though? Irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Vieira, possibly the best midfielder defensively to grace the Premier League. I think it's fair to say. Fair. Yeah. He, Roy Keane said that he was scared of him. And Roy Keane like, broke Holland's dad's leg. So keep yeah. that in mind. Okay. I mean, there's a ton of others. The entire 3 squad, really, if you want to get into it. Sol Campbell, Dennis Bergkamp, David Seaman, Tony Adams. Arguably Aubameyang, Meza Ozil, uh, Cesc Fabregas, Aaron Ramsey, Loki. There's so many players that make me love this club that I could go on for hours. Fair. Now, this will bring us to a little bit of a more somber part of this analysis. Why Anything should you... past 2004. <laughs> why should you support Arsenal? So, Jack. You are a middle child, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Would you say it's fair to equate being an Arsenal fan to being a middle child? No. You guys talk way too much. See, but the thing is, we're so disappointing and neglected. Whoa! 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 That feels like no. an attack on... Yeah, I'm sorry. No, okay. Arsenal, it's a love-hate relationship. We, for 15 years, we finished fourth pretty consistently. And, you know, you want a little more, but it's also enough to not really justify you getting mad. So... Is this what you're trying to say being a middle child's like? Yes. What the fuck? I'm the youngest. I don't understand your struggle. Bro, you, you don't even have a middle in your three. You're two of you. Uh, yes, but... No, oh, wait, no, no, they're, they're, sorry. There's three of you. Yeah, I they're... brother. Yeah. yeah. But it's just... It's pain and disappointment and then a glimmer of hope and optimism 
and then pain and disappointment. And then some dude gets signed and you think this is Thierry Henry round two. And then no, pain and what it is, what this is, is like getting a really, really good first dog. Like you have a dog that you absolutely adore as your first dog and then it dies and then you try and get dogs that are like it and it just will never be the same, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair. I'll give it to you. And Arsenal's just never going to live up to the standard they set for themselves. They're kind of in a perpetual loop of, you know, ego death. Pain. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. See, the thing that sucks for me in particular is I was born just at the end of like the golden ages. Yeah. So I didn't even get the haha, we're the best team in the league. I only got the Lamau, you're. F- yeah, that is true. I think you'll be able to understand. Has definitely oh. taken a toll on my mental health. Mate. Yes. Tell me about it, please. Right. Anyway, this is my club. I love them to death. I've spent far too much money on merchandise from them. And I don't regret it one bit. And with that, another another yeah. fun bit for the podcast is seeing who spent more money on their club. <laughs> It's not going to be healthy either way, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. I think I have more volume, but it's just cheaper because we're more shit. True. But at the same time, having bought tickets to Arsenal games, like... Oh, I don't count that, though. Okay, fair. Fair. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's it for Arsenal for me. I love them. If you choose to support them... uh, uh, Now's the time, though. And now is the time. We are going to win the league. Okay. So, with that, the next club are the people in 10th, West Ham. Oh, Bubbles, boys. We love the Bubbles. Um, I'm taking this one for us. I don't know why I wrote so much about West Ham, but I did. Uh, So, let me get into the history of West Ham. It's a London-based club. One of the five, right? Five total? Six Six total. Yeah. No, seven. Fulham, Crystal Palace, West Ham. Brentford. Tottenham, Brentford, Chelsea, Arsenal. So seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay, so it's one of the seven. Uh, It was founded in 1895. It was first known as the Thames Ironworks Club. Uh, Hence the nicknames of the Irons or the Hammers. Uh, Their badge has two little golden hammers on the cross in them. Um, They currently play at the London Stadium. It's just a massive ground in East London that holds like 62,000 people. And it's kind of got this weird infamy because it was built, what, five years ago, I think now? Four years ago? Yeah, like 2017. Yeah, it's pretty new. But it's somewhat infamous because it has this running track around the field, like a giant Olympic track. And so, like, the fans are significantly farther away than any other stadium in the Premier League. Um, So people make fun of them for that. But it's still a really, really nice ground. Uh, It's one of the eight clubs to have never fallen below the second flight of English football. Which I thought was pretty cool. That's insane. There's only eight to ever stay in the top two, which is nuts. And I think there's like six that have stayed in the top one. So there's only two that have stayed, you know, in that top zone. Um, Moving into the notable players, I'll start with Bobby Moore. Everyone here, I mean, Oscar, you're not going to because you don't like England. But Bobby Moore is someone I think everyone can respect in the most part. He played 544 games for West Ham with 24 goals. Uh, some notable career moments of Bobby Moore is he's a captain of England for the World Cup winning squad in 1966 at the age of 23. Pele said he was the greatest defender he ever played against. Uh, and his number six shirt is retired by West Ham as he's unequivocally their best player ever. I'm sup- Do they have a stat? 
They have a statue for him? They might. Yeah. Yes, they have a statue okay. for him. Cool. They have a statue so, for him at Wembley. Yeah, no, he's like he is he is England pretty much. So he's definitely someone that West Ham are very proud of. Another player I put in here, um, kind of a cult hero at West Ham, I think, more so than like a great baller, is a Paolo De Canio. Or Paolo De Canio. If you want to for the any Italians that get angry at me for that. Uh, he played 118 games, scored 47 goals. He was a highlight tape kind of player, similar to like Hatem Ben Arfa in a way. Um, he was a world-class player on his day, but he had like attitude issues that made him like gamble when uh, West Ham signed him. Harry Redknapp was actually the manager that signed him. I think it was for like a 1.5 million pounds or something. Um, and it was at the very like this weird point in his career where other clubs had like put him aside because like, oh, this guy doesn't know how to play in a team. He can't do this. He can't do that. He had just been released, I think it was by Marseille or something. Somehow he got, got put down to the bottom of the pecking order. Uh, they got bought for West Ham. And then he played out of his skin for like the first two years at West Ham. Um, and then Ferguson tried to sign him for Man United in 2001, 2002. But he turned down the move because he wanted to remain loyal to the Hammers as they gave him a chance uh, when he was at the bottom of his career. Um, but then, unfortunately, he left unceremoniously. Uh, after having a falling out with a different manager, um, where he got released. Do you know? What and then my final, huh? Do you know what happened? Like what? Um. Apparently, the new manager came in, and uh, Decanio used to be like their out and out number nine, like start on the team sheet every week. But when the new manager came in, apparently he didn't play him like in the first couple of games because he was just testing out squads. And Decanio was like, "What? Am I not the number?" It was like a whole attitude thing. So. The attitude thing came through after Redknapp left. Um, but the third notable player I put, and some people might think this is kind of controversial, I put Declan Rice. I think, like, genuinely, he's the future of English football. So he might be a Chelsea Academy prospect, but he, he truly embodies West Ham now. Um, he's a club captain at 23. And I just put down that he'd probably be bought for hundreds of billions of pounds soon. He is unreal, genuinely. Um, so that was my third notable player. And then the reasons I think you should support them, obviously number one is bubbles. Uh, they shoot bubbles and they have a cool chant about it. It, it. In a more serious way, like I think this is kind of a, a semblance for the familial feeling of West Ham. Like being a West Ham fan isn't really a choice as much as it is something that chooses you. So for people trying to get into the sport, I recommend just watching a West Ham game, seeing if you emanate with what's going on there. and. If you feel drawn to it, maybe it's a club for you. Um, the second reason I put to be a fan of West Ham is skinheads. Um, you become part of one of the most diehard fan bases in sporting history. Uh, I genuinely believe that their fans would die for their club, like with happiness, with honor. Um, so, you know, if, if you want to be part of something eternal, West Ham fans are something that you can join into. And, and my third point is that they're underdogs. Uh, even though... They shouldn't be. West Ham sometimes are like challenging with some heavyweights for European football. I mean, they're in the conference league right now, right? They got fifth like two years ago. Yeah, they got fifth in the Prem. Uh, and they have a quality manager. They have quality players and they can cause pretty much everybody problems on their day. So they're genuinely a good team to look at. A note that I did forget on here that I do want to bring up because it's something that's great to talk about is it's, it's been quoted as the home of hooliganism, West Ham. Uh, because of the Millwall versus West Ham Derby, uh, it has been deemed the birthplace of what the rest of the world views as English football hooliganism. So 
West Ham are notorious for like their good chance, uh, their violence, and their drinking culture around the sport. So if that's the part of foot soccer that gets you excited, then this is the club you want to be supporting. I have one question for you. Yes. To bring you back to skinheads. Yes. Who do you think is worse? Jordy's or West Ham? In terms of what? Like, who would I least want to fight? Who, who do you think is more willing to die for the badge? Oh, God. They're both elite. That's the thing. I think I'd go Jordy's overall. Yeah. I think that they literally have nothing else going on in their entire life except football in Newcastle. That's Whereas I think point. in East London, you can have like other things going, you know? Right. So yeah. I, I'd say Newcastle probably, but I still think that West Ham in terms of hooliganism, like if I had to bring fans from anywhere in the country to go support England, I'm grabbing all the West Ham fans I can, you know? Yeah, and no, I see your point. I see your point. All right, who are we going next? Uh, the people on We got six. what? We got five more? We have five more, yes. We have the people in sixth. Oh, the stinkers. The stinkers, indeed. Bobbert? If only. Hold that. You know, sixth place. This is, this is Europa League position here. <laughs> um, this is Man United. I'd say probably the team that everyone who's listening to this podcast knows in some way. Even if you've never heard of the sport before, you've probably heard of Manchester United somehow. Um, to give you some history, they were founded in 1878. They were known as the Newton Health LYR Football Club. What that means, I don't know. But they were renamed to Man United in 1902. Um, they moved to their current stadium, Old Trafford, in 1910. And they've been in their stadium since then, which is also pretty nuts. Because it's a 77,000-person stadium. I think it's the biggest in England, possibly. Uh, other than Maybe Wembley's pushing it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, it used to host England games in Old Trafford, which is cool, too. Uh, it's historically the biggest club in England. It's the most successful club in Europe. They have a total of 42 trophies and 20 league titles. And I, I said that they're the factory for some of the greatest players of all time. Um, speaking of those players, let's get into the first one. Wayne Rooney, Everton Academy prospect, obviously, because he's the GOAT, you know. Um, he's probably was one of the best young players in the world at 16 coming on for Everton against Arsenal, scoring a banger when he was 15 and a half or 16. I think he was just turned 16. Um, man, you end up signing him from Everton. I couldn't find the exact number. I think it was a good amount of money. Um, he goes to Man U, and in his first game, he comes on during a Champions League match against Fernabache at 18 years of age, and he scores a hat trick and gives an assist in, in his debut, which is pretty nuts. Um, I put here that he's one of the most technically and physically gifted forwards of all time. And this is going to be a discussion for another time, but I have a strong argument as he is the greatest English player to ever play the game. Um, he played 559 games with 253 goals for Manchester United. And he was like, I'd say he's probably the centerpiece of the Ferguson era, if you have to ask me. But that's my own opinion. Um, another person who you could consider the centerpiece uh, is Paul Scholes. Um, I just have an excerpt here from from an article about him. But over his career, Scholes has received praise from various managers and players, including Xavi, who said in 2014 that Scholes was, quote, the best central midfielder he has ever seen in the previous 15 to 20 years, describing as, as, quote, a spectacular player who has everything. He can play the final pass. He can score. He is strong. He never gets knocked off the ball, and he doesn't give possession away. 
Pele said, if it was if he was playing with me, I would have scored so many more. Thierry Henry cited Scholes as the greatest player in Premier League history. Scholes was named the Premier League Seasons Award uh, domestic and overall team of the decade. In 2008, he was inducted into the English Football Hall of Fame. He played 499 games and scored 107 goals. So definitely one of the best to ever do it in the center mid position. Not um, my goat. Not my goat either, but definitely in contention, the ginger beast. Yeah, that's fair. I'll give it to you. Finally, I, I got into Ryan Giggs, who I think is another player who goes underrated in a way, but he played so much for this club. I'd say he's he is what uh, Jamie Vardy is for Leicester, Ryan Giggs, in my eyes, at least. Uh, it's not quite the same because I think Jamie Vardy literally carried the whole club on his back, whereas Ryan Giggs was a part of it. Right. Maybe he's the... He's the... He's the real Mars. No. No. He's the Ioto Perez. He's the Johnny Evans. <laughs> sure. No, yeah, okay. Sure. Um, he, he's essentially just like an insanely loyal servant to this club. Uh, he was a youth player at Man City who swapped to Man United. He's one of the most decorated footballers of all time. I think he's in the top five. He has 35 trophies to his name, including 13 Premier Leagues and two Champions Leagues. Um, he played 672 games for Man United, scored 112 goals. And obviously, I chose three players, but I had to give some honorable mentions just because of the class that Man United has had. Rio Ferdinand, Vidic, Ronaldo, Jisung Park, and Canton were the five that I chose as my honorable mentions. But you could make a list that goes on and on, honestly. Um, and then why should you support this team? Obviously, it's, it's not one that Oscar and I support, but why, why would someone want to support it? First off, it's historical. Um, it's the most decorated team in the world, 70,000 capacity stadium. I'd say it's respected everywhere you go. Uh, the second part, which kind of builds onto that, is that it's, it's part of my French. It's fucking massive, Man United. <laughs> it is gigantic. Uh, everyone and their mother knows someone who supports Man United because of Ferguson's years of dominance. Uh, if you want to feel a part of a community that like spans across cultures and across the world, Man United is probably the best fit for you. I could argue it's probably the biggest club in the world in terms of fandom. Maybe Madrid or Barca, but it's definitely in the top three. Oh, um, 100%. I've, I've seen pictures of literal children in like Kenya wearing Man United jerseys. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, is no, gigantic. So... And then the third reason, uh, I said they're very rich, um, is another reason to support them. Every transfer window, you're going you're gonna to have a crazy purchase every transfer window when you support Man United. The issue with that is that their recruitment's not great at the moment, so you might have players that don't justify the price you pay for them. <clears throat> Harry Maguire, Jaden <laughs> Sancho, Anthony, Morgan. Morgan. There's so many. Um, but they always have something exciting about their transfers. So you'll always get your hopes up at the start of a window, probably to end up being disappointed. But it's a luxury to have in that any way. So that's my Man U synopsis. Fair. Appreciate it. The next one, one of the last few for us. Number five, Chelsea. Mm. So in the interest of time and the fact that I despise them, mm. I'll keep this relatively short and sweet. Chelsea Football Club was created in 1904, and they've yeah. been at Sanford Bridge since their inception. Mm -hmm. uh, Sanford Bridge, you'll recall from my Fulham analysis, was originally meant to be their ground, but the owner of the lands said, 
Uh, you're good, actually, and gave it to Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea were, eh? Like, they were fine. They weren't, they were, they weren't Chelsea. Until yeah, yeah. a certain big Israeli-Russian man, who the governor of a province in Siberia, rocked up. My G. With no bad ties to anywhere yeah. in the world. Yeah, definitely not problematic or a little bit sus generally. Point is, big Roman Abramovich comes in and Chelsea snowball into a European powerhouse. Yeah. They get disgusting people on their team and a disgusting yeah. manager. This little yeah, Portuguese get... Donnie who has beef with, I think, about everyone on earth at this point, called Jose Mourinho, yep. leads them to a Champions League. Their first of two in 2000. 2008? 2009? Yeah. 2008, I think. 2008 Champions League. And then they win another one in 2020. It's a little fraudulent. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It was... Eh, As Dro- Didier Drogba would say it, it's a disgrace. It is a bit of a disgrace. A few notable players, including Drogba, which I'll get to in a second. Yeah. Firstly, big Frank Lampard. Goat. Your guy. Goat. He, I will say... Best English midfielder ever. He is one of few Chelsea players that I don't utterly hate. No, you know? fam. You can't no. not even... You have to like him. Like, you can't even not like him, bro. My point is, considering how I look and view, like, Jorginho... Yeah. Like, Fair. I'm quite fond of this man. Bro, he, 609 appearances, 177 goals, 102 assists. Yeah. He was, he was insane. He was insane. He was very good. He played for Chelsea for years on it. Yeah. Honestly, a staple of a club. For sure. I, not, not of the same caliber. I still think Patrick Vieira is clear in terms of well, like Well, he player. didn't win them a Champions League as a manager, which Frank Lampard but did. But he, he didn't actually. Tommy Tuchel win. Well, okay. But that was also fraudulent. That was also a disgrace. Shut up. I think Frank, I think it'd be fair to say Frank, he's the Chelsea equivalent of Patrick Vieira. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, great player, club hero, you can imagine. Yeah. Following the same steps. Big man like John Terry. Goat. Professional wife shagger. Goat. He, I mean, he played like another 600 games or something disgusting for Chelsea. He now has a Twitter account where he just shithouses and beefs random people on Twitter who call Chelsea bad. Like, this Love man it. lives in Stanford Bridge and is. The most about it, I think you could. Oh, I 100% agree. And finally, the last player I wanted to know, man, I'm actually very fond of, and who I have made direct eye contact with and has waved at me. Didier um, Drogba. Yeah, I went to an Arsenal Chelsea game and I swear he looked at me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I thought it was like something actually cool, but he oh, just no, went to a. No, it's, it's literally like I saw him amongst a crowd of like 40,000 people. Yeah. Uh, Didier Drogba did monstrous things for Chelsea. But the yeah. one I want to point out, after he won the Champions League in 2008, they went back to the hotel to go celebrate, and his home country of Cote d'Ivoire was in a bit of turmoil. Hey, for normal people, he said Ivory Coast. Yeah. So his home country was in a bit of a turmoil. And this man made a video on a like Sony camcorder in 2006 
2008 saying, yo, how about we like stop fighting? And both sides went shit. He's kind of spitting and said, we're good. The goat, bro. It's actually Which, so funny. Independently of how funny the story is, like it's crazy impact that like football can have. Right. Yeah. Like that's crazy that some it dude is, can just say maybe we not... fight and a civil war stops. Yeah. And finally, one reason why you should support Chelsea. <laughs> uh, I don't believe you should. No way. That's actually the simple as. <laughs> just that's... don't believe you should. That's about it. That's about All it. Right. I think that's fair. I think we'll move on to. I'll take City. Yeah. As our last one, we're we're kind of going long on time, so we're gonna hold off on our Crystal Palace and our Brentford things. Um. Unfortunately, I think Brentford's actually a team that you should support, but maybe no, we'll get into Brentford it. Real quick. It's going to take four seconds. There's yeah, no go much. ahead. Take, take Brentford. So, Brentford, real quick. I wasn't able to find much because Brentford, as a club, really started very recently. Uh, long story short, Brentford were a certified League One team for about yeah. 70 years. I'm not joking. I was looking at the history of Brentford, and from 1901 to there were, I think, eight sentences spanning mm-hmm. 71 years. But I mean, A, good for them. You know, they'll figure it out. Uh, Brentford started originally as a rugby club. It wasn't meant to be a football club. He transitions into one seven years after their inception. Mm-hmm. They've been at their stadium since their inception. It's also their first stint in the Premier League. And they were pretty bad until 2014, at which point they were bought out by literally a random British man called Cliff Crown, who he also, also has owns- nothing, no, no, nothing on him online. Yeah, he's just, he's just some. Like, he's actually just some dude. It's Matthew Benham is his name. It's really? The one I found. Yeah, no, his name is Matthew Benham. He's a British man who made a a statistical research company for professional gamblers. Okay. See, that's where it gets interesting. Uh, The owner also owns FC Michelin, a team in Denmark. And their scouting process is stupid. They find dudes you find on FM. so beautiful. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like it's something we're going to talk about in another podcast because it's. I will genuinely, genuinely spend two and a half hours, just absolutely drooling over Brentford. Not yeah, gonna lie, it's, it's crazy. Uh, they have one rivalry really with Palace, and it's just proximity and the fact that they're the two worst London Shit, clubs England, more than yeah. anything else. They don't really have any notable players because, as I said, they didn't really exist. Ivan Tony. Yeah, but that's still recent, and we know Ivan Tony. Yeah. They didn't Holly really Watkins. exist. Uh, but they just didn't exist consequentially as a club until 2014. Yeah, that is true. But why should you support them? As we mentioned earlier, their scouting process. Also, admittedly, not to the same degree, I could see them being a, a new-gen Leicester type team. Yeah, they have, they have a lot of the similarities. I think their manager is amazing, Thomas Frank. Weird Donnie. Weird guy, but in a great way. Kind of similar to Ranieri. You know? It's a weird... He kind of looks like an, an old scientist. Um, but he's a very smart man. Him and him and Graham Potter did a... I think it was a podcast together where it was just them, like, explaining how, well, how they do things. And it's very beautiful. So, yeah. recommend that. But keep going. Sorry. These reasons why you should support Brentford. I don't think anyone really hates them other than Man U fans. Yeah. But, I mean, that's about it. So, if you want to take us to City... Yeah, I'll take us to City. Um, 
I feel kind of gross saying that you should support Man City, to be honest. But at the same time, I also think they deserve it. Uh, to give you some history, they were founded in 1880. They started as a club called St. Mark's, and then they adopted their current name and kit in 1894. They joined the Football League in 1892, uh, and they won their first piece of silverware, which was the FA Cup, in 1904. I, and this is, like, to be honest, they're pretty much every other English club in terms of, like, what goes on, except the most important point of their history was they were purchased by the Abu Dhabi United Group in 2008, which is headed by Sheikh Mansour. Um, and this investment was actually disgusting. Like, City's now the fifth winningest team in England with 29 major trophies, and I'm pretty sure, like, 24 of those are from the last whatever it is 14 years um to bring into the notable players someone that i genuinely don't think has a single person in the world who hates this man kun aguero absolute animal uh one of the greatest strikers honestly in the premier league ever um for the football heads out there he's the centerpiece of one of the most iconic uh football and commentary pieces of all time when he scored the winner against QPR uh, to win the Premier League in the last minute. He now has a statue outside the Etihad. I'd say he's probably the best player to ever play for Man City. Uh, he had 275 games, 184 goals, 47 assists. He won the Golden Boot. He was a five-time Premier League champ, seven-time player of the month. Just, just so many accolades. Um, the second player that I wanted to bring up is Yaya Toure, who in my eyes is the, my favorite player to ever play for City. Um, big Ivory Coast center mid came from Barcelona uh, but actually just revolutionized Manchester City was probably one of the reasons they actually started winning the league um, I want to point out in particular his 2013-14 season where he had 20 goals 9 assists in 35 games um, he's like one of the greatest physical specimen of all time I'd say he's in my opinion he's more impressive than Patrick Vieira in terms of physical like presence I disagree, um, but I see your point. I'd say he's kind of similar to like an Amadou Onana in terms of <laughs> ability and stature. Yeah, not um, sure. The one thing about Yaya that is a downside to him is he did curse Manchester City with voodoo witchcraft. Um, <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah, he cursed him with voodoo witchcraft to never win the Champions League because he didn't get a birthday cake on his birthday when he was playing there. Dude, no way. Swear to God. He is holder of voodoo witchcraft, and he is the sole reason they have not won the Champions League, because he does have a voodoo curse on them. Um, moving on, <laughs> we can talk about that at another time on the podcast if you want, but I do have that whole story. Um, moving on to, in my opinion, might sound crazy, but I genuinely believe it, uh, the greatest midfielder to ever play in the Premier League, Kevin De Bruyne. In my own opinion. He has 221 appearances, 59 goals, 95 assists. But what I think is most important to look at here, he has 154 wins and 29 losses when he's been playing. Um, he's a four-time Prem champion. Just the accolades continue. And, he, and we're just seeing it now. Bro, he keeps getting better. Like, when is he going to get worse? I don't know. But every week, I'm like, this guy is the best. He's the best to ever do it. Um, obviously, Manchester City is massive, so I have some honorable mentions as well. Uh, David Silva, another midfield mastermind. Uh, Vincent Company, a center back of, from God himself. And then two, two of the greatest strikers of all time, possibly. Uh, Erling Holland, 
who's just starting his legacy. But I mean, what seventeen game, seventeen goals in eleven games or whatever? Yeah, stupid. Stupid. Uh, and then Wilfred Boney, obviously, had to be put in there. Don't know why, but he's in there. I, I respect Wilfred <laughs> Boney. I am um, with it. And then why you should support them? Honestly, the first one is success. You get like instant gratification. You, you won't go a season without winning silverware. If I was getting into football right now, I would just start supporting City because I guarantee you, you're always gonna have, like, you're always gonna have a good time. Every weekend, it's a great game. Uh, you just win everything. Um, secondly, well, not everything. Well, not everything, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second thing is, uh, they play the most beautiful brand of football in the world. Uh, Pep Guardiola is the best coach in the world at the moment. Um, and at the, they're at the forefront of like every footballing innovation, to be honest. Like, they play now with like one center back is all they line up with, and they win four nil. Like, how does this happen? Um, it's, it's actual FM tactics. It's genuinely like every week you're like, what is going on? And and then you realize this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. They play the game just different, and they just win. Um, and then my final point is that they're simply the best in the world. Uh, they have the most money, the best team, the best manager, a great stadium. Uh, they make a very strong case for being the best team in the world. Uh, so if you're just really getting into it and you want to have fun, Man City is a choice for you. And that, that rounds it out. I think we, we've covered pretty much everyone. Crystal Palace, we have decided that you should not support. Former <laughs> um, Villa, Southampton, all the not. I think, and that's honestly fair assumptions because you will not have any enjoyment supporting those clubs. So yeah, I think that's pretty much it for us this week. Um, any notes, Oscar? Anything you want to add to the end of this? Um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. If after everything we've given you, you decide to look at the prem table and pick Chelsea, Man U, or City, you are. Let's I know I real. cut out. But that was good timing. If you choose anyone that's in the top six, so Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, Tottenham, or Liverpool, it's not cool to do that. But you will find more people who support that club. So if you're getting into I understand. However, as someone who supports someone outside of there, you're going to get way more enjoyment from teams like Fulham or teams like Newcastle. Things like that. So I think our, our We Know Ball podcast recommendation, as the executive producer here, I'm going to make the executive call and say, go outside the top six. And if you're going to go in the top six, go Shut for someone up. like Arsenal. I was, oh. Hey, look. Oh, I thought about look, I'm, I'm tying you in here. Go for someone like Arsenal or City, in my opinion. Because your City, you're going to get results. Arsenal, you're going to get pain the same way you'll get pain outside the top six. But I think our, our overall suggestion is, you're going to have more fun outside of the top six. So just take into account that when you're looking at teams. And I think that pretty much does it from, for us this episode. Um, make sure you guys... Oh, dude, we suck. We're so bad. We need to tell them to follow at the start. Um, uh, yeah, good point. But make sure if you guys made it this far and you aren't followed, I am going to be so impressed. So if you haven't followed already, make sure you follow. Rate us five stars uh, on iTunes on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. Is that what it is? Apple Music? I don't know. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I, I think that's pretty much it from us. Um, we'll have another episode out next week. Not sure what it's going to be on yet, but it'll be something similar to this where we'll be teaching you something about ball. 
Uh, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.